0: Welcome into another edition of the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. JP Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier. Three game win streak for the Jaguars, and a lot of focus on the left knee of a quarterback this week, leading into Thursday night football. As we record this on Tuesday, the Jaguars will have a practice Tuesday afternoon, and as of the last Doug Peterson press conference, Brian, it, uh, hey, it's day to day, but well, aren't we yeah. all.
1: We don't know anything at this point, right? They do. They have some idea of where he's at. He knows where he's at. I went on record with our Jags AM the other day of saying, if it's even a question, just sit. It's a non-conference game. It's the third game in 12 days. You've got 10 more games and a lot of important football in front of you. Don't take a chance. Um, But, you know, he and Doug are going to have the ultimate decision based on where he's at. And as of this moment, we're all kind of guessing. What do
0: you think, Kai?
2: For me, I think my biggest thing is the injuries to the O-line because, yeah, maybe he can play, but who's going to protect him when he's out there, right? We've got Walker Little there that still hasn't practiced as of Monday per Tuesday. Like As far as we know, he hasn't practiced. He's dealing with that knee injury. There's injuries all across the line. We don't know if Sheriff's going to be able to go. And it, even if he's out there, can they protect Trevor? So for me, I I don't know exactly what they're going to do. If If Sheriff can go, maybe I would say go with Trevor too, but... It'll be a game time decision, I'm sure.
3: Well, it's the old thing, you know. Is the knee healthy enough for him to protect himself on the field against big, strong, violent human beings? And I don't know the answer to that. Sometimes coaches come out on Monday, and Doug does this a lot. He'll say day to day, and what it means is I don't feel like telling you, and yep. he's not going to play. I feel like this really is day to day. I feel like you know on on, on Thursday they will be. Testing it, trying to figure out if it's a good idea for him to play or not. Uh, I can't even venture a guess of, of, of what the percentages are. But I, I do believe that it's unknown and that there's a chance he plays.
1: And yet it's worth noting. Sorry to interrupt you. It's worth noting that normally, you know, they say this day-to-day stuff on Monday. You're like, yeah, whatever. The other team's going to prepare for everybody. They have time. This is a week where they don't. This is a week where maybe there's a little strategery in there.
0: Ah, wow, yeah. I see what you did yeah. there. Um, but it, it's really going to come down to Trevor. Does he want to go out there and do it? I mean, that's well, really and, what it comes down to. And, and
3: doctors testing it, and, and yeah, but if the, doctors yeah. say no,
0: then he won't. But it that's doesn't sound thing. like it's going to be that.
3: So yeah.
0: um, it's a we'll see situation. I wish we'll I knew see. more. We'll see. Um, either way, they're going to probably hand it off to ET in a good bit. They've, uh, he leads the league in carries, Sky. And, you know, at some point there's a lot of football important games down the stretch. They're all important. I mean, it's, at what point do you start maybe divvying out some of these – touches for etn and some of these other running backs right no no? just
2: run him just run etn no i i want to see tank get involved a little bit of course but he's just etn's just he can be every kind of runner that you want him to be if you want him to get outside if you want him to you know run through the gaps like whatever you know goal line he's been able to do a little bit of everything and he's really evolved in a unique way that i don't think anybody of us any of us buddy expected before the season started he's been the mvp so far in offense as far as i'm concerned so uh just keep feeding him that's that's what I would do
3: yeah it's it's easy to say on Wednesday that you're going to get some packages in and make sure you run tank (laughs) and then when it's third and important on in the third quarter and it's a four-point game you say well I really like to run Travis right here yeah so that's sort of I think sometimes Trevor's dilemma when Ridley's on the field Boy, I like throwing him the ball because he's really good, and so I think they will try to run tank more and take a little bit of the load off ETN. But when these things matter, he's so good and makes plays that it it's hard not to call his number.
1: JP, I think it was on um, on this podcast right after the draft we talked about. Bretton Strange and Tank Bixby, the second and third round picks. And if there's a role for them and if they contribute in their rookie seasons, that shows the depth of this offense. Well, last week we saw Strange with his coming out party, right? He'd been a very good blocker the last couple of games in London, but he finally got the ball in his hands and did something with it. I think we're going to see that from Tank Bixby at some point. Uh, you know, you guys probably heard the same thing. He, he hasn't mastered the protections, so there's a worry about putting him out there in too many situations where he might get the quarterback hit. Um, but I, I remember that long run he had out here on this practice field during training camp thinking this is a guy whose moment is going to come this year. And I still believe that over the course of the rest of the season, part of it is me wondering how long you can keep Travis ETN at the top of the league charts in terms of attempts, right? Cause yeah, he still doesn't strike me as that 300 carry guy. Um, but he's getting it done right now. I think we're going to see Bixby at some point.
3: So yeah, point. I do too. he, he uh, I think what it gives you, Tank, is that if you don't have Travis for a game or two, you're not absolutely terrified of the situation. Um, I think Tank would be playing more, except all of a sudden Travis went from being a good starter running back in the NFL to one of the top five or six running backs in the NFL. And when you're a playmaking guy who's elite, which I think Travis is getting to that point now, it's hard to get those guys off the field in the big situation.
1: Well, we talked in training camp about Bigsby, and you thought this was a guy that had special yeah. characteristics. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what does it say about the, the talent level on this football team with a guy with that kind of potential still hasn't been able to find his way on the field? It's, there's a lot of offense, I think, over the second half of the season to come.
3: The other oh, yeah. factor for Bigsby, sure. too, is you know, with blocking that becomes sort of a third-down issue, well, it's easy to say, well, then play Tank on first and second down – But first and second down is when you want Travis on the field putting you in good third-down situations. So, again, it goes back to uh, it's easy to say rotate, and then when you've got a star in the rotation, it's easy to want that star to play.
1: You weren't here, but when Maurice Jones-Drew was a rookie in 2006, it was Fred, 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 and then they just sprinkled in enough Maurice Jones-Drew on offense to be that change-up, to be that, that thing that made the defense go, what? That, that's what we haven't seen yet. Right. And that's what I anticipate seeing. Uh, it was very productive in 06 and 07 for
0: those two guys together. It could happen at some point. We'll come back and get into the defense. Yes, the defense is really leading the way for this Jaguars team early in the season. This is Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Ogier, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton. Week 7, Thursday night football. The Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints at the Caesars Superdome. Well, this defense is uh, number one in the league in takeaways, 15 of them. They are number three in the league against the run. That's where it starts, John. Um, That run defense is stout. They made it an emphasis, of course, last week against Indy, a running team. And then Gardner had to throw it up in the air a bit, but they're making plays in the back end and taking the ball away and playing good, solid defense. Well, they're feeding into the
3: strength. They're feeding into their own strengths. About that, I mean, when you stop the run on first down, you get into a second and eleven, which gets you into passing situations. Which, guess what, it gets you into turnover situations. And they're good at it. They emphasize it. I've been saying for a few weeks, and I'm a broken record on it. It's time to stop debating whether these guys are good. They're a good defense, and uh, in forty-two game or in in uh, in, a, in what is it, uh, twenty-three games under Caldwell on defense, they have forty-two turnovers. They do good. it all the time. Yeah. So I, I'm usually a believer that uh, turnovers can be sort of fluky and and sort of circumstantial. Uh, at some point,
0: it's what they do. Yeah, what do you think, Kai? I mean, that it, it, it's becoming. I mean, it is in their DNA now, of sorts.
2: You can't really deny it. That's a big part of how they play their game, obviously, as well, right? Because they're giving the offense extra opportunities. The offense to we haven't we don't believe has figured it out to the degree and. Has not been as successful as they can be But giving them extra possessions has to help them out That's helped them get ahead and win some of these games And kind of flip the mindset of this team I think as well It's such a boost when you can get an interception Or force a fumble or something It just really changes the vibe on the sideline If you will And gets everybody going in a different way Because it feels like extra free money Um, And for them to be able to do that consistently multiple times in each game, it's it's huge. Can
1: I add a little cold water to this equation, though? Oh, boy. Uh, As much as we talk about the uh, Trevor Lawrence injury, the Tyson Campbell one is concerning Mm -hmm. because Monteric Brown did not hold up very well last week. They went after him with Michael Pittman, who's a big receiver, and and Brown just didn't seem to be fully aware. Now, maybe that changes if he has to play over an extended period of time and gets more practice reps, though there's not a lot of practice reps this week. and Chris Alave and Michael Thomas are sitting out there waiting for him. Uh, The Jaguars are going to have to that pressure is going to have to be better, and they're going to have to dial something up, John, on the back end to protect Brown— I mean, there's some other guys you yeah. could throw in the mix, but but Brown was the first one off the bench, so that's who I assume will start.
0: Yeah, and I think the uh, Tavon Campbell is most likely the the call up mm-hmm. if they have to call up from the practice squad. I think that's because he's a veteran player; he's Sounds been around like it, so he's he's probably going to get the nod.
3: It's it, it's why the league has done a good thing by the practice squad at elevations because a guy like Tavon Campbell can be there for you when you need him. I've said for a couple of weeks, I think the three most important players on defense are Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, and Tyson Campbell. And I don't know what order to put it in, but when you take one of those pieces out, if you take the first two guys out, all of a sudden you're not as stout and you're not as good up front. Take Tyson out, uh, yeah, it's a worry.
1: I'll give you something to, to consider Antonio Johnson is back in the lineup now after missing most of the first month with the hamstring. And the word was was he was a guy who could play inside in the nickel. He's got that skill set. You could see Trey Herndon move outside. Yeah, yeah he's not as good out there, but yeah. but you're not going to put Antonio Johnson leave, out there.
3: No, but I think, I think they leave Trey where he is because uh, really you know, don't in two positions. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it could be. I,
1: I, I wouldn't but, feel comfortable if I were to Shea Townsend with Monteric Brown against these receivers right. this week on the turf, indoors, with the noise, I think that might overwhelm him. I, I, I might take my chances this week because of Antonio Johnson. Right. Right? Because you don't have Greg Jr. And if Gregory Jr. was here.
3: Yeah, I don't think they think Antonio is a cover nickel, though. So it's, uh, you're setting him up to struggle. But they could. I mean, well, yeah. it, that would be the argument be some, again.
1: Some struggle yeah. on the back end. What do you think, Kai? What would you do?
2: I have no idea what to do. I mean, that's why I don't get paid to do that, obviously. <laughs> I just certainly don't make their paycheck. I think for me, it, I think the thing that will help is the Saints have a lot of injuries. I know Alave was on their injury report and a lot of other injuries. Their offensive that line is beat up, too. Yeah, they're, they're dealing with a lot of their own, and their offense looked not great against the Texans in their last game. So you have that going for them. They have frustration on their end. So. I feel like if you can get the run stop early and, you know, kind of get pressure on them, you might rattle them enough that then this kind of doesn't become as a huge of an
0: issue. Yeah, Was it a team... wasn't Carr and the coordinator, like, in each other's it wasn't good. face in the sideline. Yeah. They apologized on the plane, all this stuff. But yeah, whatever.
3: So. Sure. yeah, that's when you do it on the plane. Um, they're struggling in the red zone. Uh, to me, this game feels like we've all seen Thursday games, and, it, you know, the Thursday thing, it's not going away because of the money but it doesn't really promote good football. Uh, Thursday games are usually sloppy. Uh, they're, they're usually games where the storyline is injuries because guys don't have, have time to get back. Both teams will be dealing with it. To me, it feels like a fourth quarter game where something weird happens at the end. Uh, the Jaguars have been flexing their muscles in those kind of games. If you're a turnover-based defense that makes big plays and you're a scrappy team, then you go figure out a way to win this game with or without the quarterback. Hey, the hey. Browns. Hey, hey, bro
1: Beat PJ with PJ Walker, journeyman who wasn't even in camp with them, beat the Niners last Sunday, and the Jets without their two starting corners, Sauce Gardner, who's as good as there is in the league, and DJ Reed, who we saw last year is a very talented guy, and they went out there and beat Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown in the Eagles. You may have to play without some key starters. You may have to play without the quarterback. You know. If those guys can beat them, you should be able to go and win on Thursday night. New
0: Orleans. Next man up.
2: Any given Thursday.
0: Thursday <laughs> night football. Get your earplugs ready for the Caesar Superdome. The Jaguars and the Saints coming up. As Brian Sexton, Kai Stevens, John Ozier, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on Jaguars Reporters.